Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, everyone. It's Takuyi here. And I'm Gabby. And we are the hosts of History of Everything, a podcast which you can probably guess by the name is, well, I mean, it's about everything. Do you want to know why people thought potatoes were evil and would give you syphilis? Are you curious about all the stories of the terrible and stupid ways that people have kicked the bucket over the years? Do you want to hear tales about all of the different badasses of history and the lives that they had brought to life? Well, if so, then look no further. History of Everything is just the right podcast for you. It's available on Spotify, Pandora, and anywhere else that you get your podcast from. Join us for some fun and just see how weird and wacky history can be. It began long ago. Two young boys in an American town riding their bikes to school and Little League practice. Over the years, the boys became fast friends, united in their love for stories where things would go horribly wrong. Pour yourself a strong beverage and buckle up. You're in the shallow end with Schnepley and Toth. So this is our very first international version of The Shallow End with Schnebly and Toth. Uh, Lindsay is in his home studio in Los Angeles, California. And I am in a, uh, a Verbo, an Airbnb kind of place in Barcelona. And what room of the house are you in, JG? This is a, a, an extra bedroom, and it, this is a really pretty swanky place. It's a 200-year-old building. Holy cow. That's the amazing thing about being in Europe. Things that we think are so old here, comparatively, are very, very young. And then you get to uh, you get to Europe and you think, oh, this church was built in 1324, huh? And I'm impressed that my hometown has uh, a McDonald's from 1964. It's like one of the original ones. <laughs> There's a cultural difference. There is. One of the things that was a little alarming, though, is it's got this old elevator in it. It's charming and everything, but I asked the guy who owns the flat that we're in how old the elevator was, and he said, oh, they, they put that in when they built the building. So it's 200 years old. Holy It must cow. have been just as elevators had been invented. Yeah. yeah. Does it creep you out to use it? Is it creaky and... Cat brings up... Tower of Terror. Yeah, from yeah. Disney. Oh, okay. yeah. There's uh, definitely that vibe. Mm. It's, it's pretty cool because it's the elevator's attached to a rope and pulley system and a horse draws, draws <laughs> it to the fourth floor. It's charming. The old horse-drawn elevator. Who doesn't love that? Before that, of course, there was the uh, the wood-burning elevator, I think. In the Dickensian period, it was coal-burning right. elevators. Right, So anyway... Glad you guys have survived. Are you having fun yeah. so far? So far, we're having a great time. That's cool. We are indeed. I think you go first this I believe, week, my friend. I believe I do. I actually entitled this one... Pull my finger. <laughs> uh, it starts off a little, a little dark, but uh, at the end, it becomes a classic shallow end story, and it's about DNA. Okay, which uh, as you and you and Cat have talked several times on Box about DNA being used to solve crimes and what a game changer it has become for law enforcement. So this is a great example of that. This actually goes back by example 
to the murder of a of a teenaged woman that went unsolved for 47 years. It goes back to 1975. Oh wow. In Manor Township, Pennsylvania. That's 90 miles west of Philadelphia. Her name was Lindy Sue Beekler. And very sadly, her aunt and uncle were the ones who found her body. She had been stabbed multiple times while at her home. She also had defensive wounds. There were grocery bags still on the counter telling investigators that she had just returned from the store. She was she was newly married. So the Manor Township Police Department conducts investigations and they followed leads for years. But the DA's office was never able to find a compelling suspect. And then the Lancaster County DA's office submitted evidence from the crime scene back in 1997. And they actually got a DNA profile hit identified from the victim's clothes. Now, this profile gets submitted to the national database known as CODIS, C-O-D-I-S, which is an acronym for Combined DNA Index System. It's the generic term that's used to describe the FBI's program. Well, in January, now we clock wipe way forward to January 2019 and the DA's cold case unit teams up with this laboratory called Parabon Nanolabs to analyze this DNA. They learn that a guy named David Sinopoli lived in the same four-unit building as Beekler, the, the victim, and that the pair actually shared the building's lobby. Uh, and now this, so this is just in this past July that they've come up with this. And the DNA, this is this is what's just so amazing about DNA. They actually found that this guy was from a small town in southern Italy called Gasparina, Italy. And the lab company rep said, quote, these restrictions further narrowed the scope of the subsequent research because there were very few individuals living in Lancaster, Pennsylvania at that time of the crime that were the right age, gender, and had a family tree consistent with going back to this small town in Italy. So they start watching this guy, Sinopoli. And one day he drives himself to the airport, parks his car. He's sipping coffee from, a, a, you know, like a to-go paper cup, tosses it in the trash as he's walking to check in for a flight. Police retrieve the coffee cup. Ah. They test it for the DNA and they arrest the guy 47 years after this young woman's murder. Now, I love the idea that, uh, you know, that you can law enforcement can request a DNA sample, but you don't have to give it. They have to go to court to force you to do it. Right. Unless... Unless you spit your gum out, or you toss a cigarette butt, or in this case, throw away a paper cup, that's public property. Yeah, yeah, in a public place like that. Now, sometimes karma comes knocking way faster than that. And I mean way, way faster. This story actually happened just a few weeks back. It's a homeowner whose name has not been released, and he goes out to start his car Uh, in his driveway he's coming back toward the front door and that's when things go south in a hurry he's about to walk through his front door when a stranger comes out of nowhere and the guy has got a gun it's a home invasion he's trying to force his way into the home or at least that's what the suspect thought uh it it would be because the victim the homeowner was like nah I i don't think so 
I don't think so, pal. And he starts fighting back. So now the two of them are in this hand-to-hand kind of combat. Now, usually the police say, don't fight somebody who's armed like that. Your material possessions aren't worth it. But these two are struggling. And the perp's gun, the, the, the guy trying to do the home invasion, actually goes off. And the bullet just grazes the resident's chest. By the way, I would be freaking out if that were me oh yeah i mean yeah you know imagine the shock of somebody trying to break into your house you're ending up in hand-to-hand combat and then a gun goes off and you can actually feel the bullet pass graze your skin i get woozy when i get a a paper cut yeah (laughs) i hear you so they continue to fight but the resident somehow is able to shut the front door it gets better he shuts the door on the gunman's hand. (laughs) Now he's not, the resident is not seriously injured. As I said, the bullet just grazes his skin, but the gunman who didn't expect someone to fight back like that, hightails it out of there. So the homeowner who, as I said, is shaken, calls 911, police show up, they start looking around. They find a glove that the suspect was wearing and they look inside the glove and they find this guy's fingertip Ooh, ooh! they speculate it ooh. was severed from his hand when the resident forced the door shut suspect's glove falls off during the struggle the guy takes off so what else would police do well you've got a finger let's take it back to the lab and run the print <laughs> and boom they have a suspect a guy named vernon forrest wilson The investigators have their suspect, Vernon F. Wilson, 67 years old, of Hillsboro, North Carolina, is arrested on charges that include first-degree burglary, assault with a deadly weapon with intent to kill, inflicting serious injury, and possession of a firearm by a prohibited felon. He was being held, as we go to press, on $250,000 secure bond. All right. Back up a minute. He was 67 years old. Yeah. Now, the homeowner probably felt pretty good about wrestling this guy away from him. Oh, he was 67? Oh, it kind of takes the thunder out of it. I I hear you. When you look at this guy's booking photo, you go, this Vernon Wilson may have been 67, but he's uh he is a menacing he he cuts a menacing figure in his uh in his clothes. <laughs> So again, if you're stupid enough to commit a crime like that, you may want to remember to take all of your body parts home with you. Just saying. <laughs> Sources are the Washington Post, WGAL-TV, and thesun.com. Now, I, I love that because we, uh, we explored the gamut. We ran the gamut here. You had a story that was solved by DNA 47 years after it was committed, the crime. And uh, and on the other end of the spectrum, you know, a guy loses his finger and ends up in prison in hours. I yeah, love that. It's just priceless. DNA is an amazing thing. One of my favorite stories that we did on Box of Oddities was the Cheddar Man, which was a Neanderthal uh, skeleton that they found in Cheddar, France, in a cave. And they uh, sequenced the DNA. And then as a project for history students around the globe, they had the students submit their DNA samples to see if there was any match. Wow, what a cool idea. And the whole thing, the premise was that uh, Neanderthal and Homo sapiens interbred during that period, like 20,000 years ago. And so they they run the DNA 
and they get a match. And the match is a history teacher who lives eight miles from the cave where they discover the Neanderthal skeleton. That is amazing. That is crazy. Yeah, that family didn't move around a lot. Yeah, they didn't get out much. I guess family. not. Sure, Eight it's been, miles. It's been 20,000 years, but the family kind of likes it here. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Good stuff, Linz. You're in the shallow end with Schnebley and Toth. It's the new resort so exclusive. Its name is Hotel X. Hotel X, a whole new kind of ultra-exclusive experience. From the moment you enter our spacious lobby, you notice just how different this hotel is. No one to greet you at the door. No one behind the counter at the reception desk. No one at all. Note the cleanliness, the quiet, the absence of anything to distract you. Your every need during your stay, sensed almost telepathically. Follow the simple directions in real time on your smartphone. You'll be guided directly to your oversized luxury suite. Then, minutes later, guided back out into a waiting sedan and whisked to the place you'll actually be spending the night. Your invoice emailed to you the morning of your checkout. Hotel X, a hotel so exclusive, you're not allowed to stay. Hey there, I'm Dylan Lewis, one of the hosts of Motley Fool Money. Each weekday on Motley Fool Money, we talk through the business news you need to know and the stories moving stocks on Wall Street. On weekends, we dive into the industries shaping tomorrow and host the experts, authors, and executives that understand them. Tune in for insights, a long-term perspective on investing, and of course, stock ideas, plenty of them. To quote a listener, it pays to listen. Check us out and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Have you ever wondered what really happened to Amelia Earhart or the lost colony of Roanoke? Do you ever find yourself scouring the internet for vicious Victorians and their murders by gaslight? Or perhaps... You're just sick and tired of women being constantly misrepresented or plain lied about throughout history. If so, join me, Katie Charlwood, history harlot and reader of books on Who Did What Now, the history podcast that's not your history class, part of the Area of Media Network, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. Adios, au revoir, au revoir, zen, my friends. Bye-bye. I'll be seeing you. When Johann Rahl received the letter on Christmas Day, 1776, he put it away to read later. Maybe he thought it was a season's greeting and wanted to save it for the fireside. But what it actually was, was a warning, delivered to the Hessian colonel, letting him know that General George Washington was crossing the Delaware and would soon attack his forces. The next day, when Rawl lost the Battle of Trenton and died from two Colonial Boxing Day musket balls, the letter was found, unopened in his vest pocket. As someone with 15,000 unread emails in his inbox, I feel like there's a lesson there. Oh well, this is The Constant, a history of getting things wrong. I'm Mark Chrysler. Every episode, we look at the bad ideas, mistakes, and accidents that misshaped our world. Find us at ConstantPodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.
No running or horseplay by the pool. Just sit down and listen. You're in the shallow end with Schnepley and Toth. This, uh, we got an email from, uh, and again, it's lifeguard at shallowendpodcast.com. We, we appreciate, we welcome, we urge you to send in emails with your own stories, with story ideas, things that have happened to you. Lifeguard at shallowendpodcast.com. A gentleman named Johnny Walsh writes us, Hey guys, had my first shallow end experience. For 12 years, I worked for Apple. One of my first most memorable customers was a beautifully young professional woman who was also very fatigued. You could just sense it. The conversation went something like this. This is at an Apple store. I say, hi, I'm Johnny. What brings you in today? She responds, obviously, over it before we even started. I need an iMac for my brother-in-law. I say, okay, great. I'm happy to help you out with that. May I ask you a few questions? She says, sure, but I just need anything, really. He's been living with us. It's a whole thing. I just need whatever you want to give me. He says, I realize there's something to unpack here. So I say, okay, what does your brother-in-law use it for? Well, not much of anything, to be honest. It's a whole thing. Trust me. (laughs) Struggling to make an authentic connection, I just decided to lay it all out with, there's more to the story, isn't there, ma'am? She says, yes. Well, he fell out of a plane skydiving and the parachute didn't work. So there was a pregnant pause between her. We made eye contact. She smirked slightly. I smirked. And together we suddenly erupted in laughter with tears streaming down her faces. I fervently apologized, And she said, oh, no, don't be sorry. You can't make this shit up. When I asked her if he was okay, she smiled and simply said, he's fine. Just a little wobbly. <laughs> So a second person who survived what should have been, it sounds like, a fatal skydiving accident is just a little wobbly. He's a wobbly bob. And he uh, and he was getting a new computer out of it, so... Well, sure, that's worth a it. A new Mac. Thanks. Would you jump out of a plane with no parachute for one of the new uh, M2 iMacs? Probably, yeah. For the, for the new Mac, if I could get that studio display, I'd probably risk uh, jumping out of a plane without a chute. Over yeah. a body of water, because you're not stupid. No, that's that was a given. I used to like to... Uh, initiate strange conversations like that with uh, salespeople. I would just make crap up. Usually when it was uh, a phone call, they were spamming me or something. You know? I get you. Okay. And you remember like, in the old days, Olin Mills sure. Studios. Photography, photography in, studios. in Arizona, yeah. Yeah, and they would call around and they would uh, try to get you to come in to have some portraits taken. Just cold calling? Yeah, just cold calling. Yeah, it was weird. Yeah, I was in Tucson at the time. I was living uh, out east and get this call. Hi, this is uh, Jason at Olin Mills. And uh, we have a special right now. We thought maybe uh, you and your family would like to come in for this uh, this special uh, portrait, family portrait time. It's the holiday season. And I said... I don't I don't like having my picture taken. And he said, well, that's silly. Everybody likes to have their. Why wouldn't you want to have your picture taken? I said, I was horribly disfigured in a house fire. Oh, God. And there was this long pause. Oh, JG. And he goes, well, I'm sure that's not true. Anyway, 25 percent off if you come in on Sunday. Wow. Yeah. Way to go. Not phased by you and your yeah. bullshit at all. I'm not yeah. buying your house fire story, jerk. And then I had a guy call from uh, like the uh, police league. Police athletic league. Yeah. yeah, that's it. That was it. The police athletic league. And uh, he said, uh, yeah, we're looking for donations and blah, blah, blah. And we'll, you know, we'll put your name in the program. And, right, and I right. said, but but will will people see my name? 
And, and he said, yes, that'll be in the program. I said, I don't want people... I don't want people to know where I am. I'm I'm running from the law. And he goes, you probably don't want to tell a state police officer that. <laughs> he was on to me from the beginning. Yeah, you got something exactly. out of it. Yeah, good for you. All right. Gambling can be fun. Let's, let's all be honest. Mm. Who doesn't like to go and lose money that they don't have? No, agreed. Absolutely. I went to my very first uh, horse race three years ago at Arizona Downs in Prescott, Arizona. And I had told myself I would I would be, spend no more than $50. Right. Uh, because I never really got into the whole gambling thing. I just never, yeah. you know. But uh, I turned that 50 into a few hundred on my very first race. Wow. And for about... 20 seconds maybe I had this adrenaline rush and I thought this is how people get in trouble yep. it was so intoxicating and and if you win like that right out of the box Linz you think well hell this is easy anybody could do this I'm very good at this yeah and so I uh, I took my few hundred and uh, didn't bet anymore Look what at a you. smart boy you are I did use it to buy cocktails for friends and family that's just smart I went to Vegas with uh, with my buddy Jeff. We went to the Mirage for Beetlefest a number of years ago, and I'm not you know much of a gambler either. In fact, I rarely gamble, and 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 never if it involves having to talk to anybody. I'll I'll do <laughs> slots, um, or video poker, or or video blackjack. So I'm playing video blackjack, and I had allotted myself fifty dollars, and immediately I won fifty dollars. So, okay, cool. So I I put that 50 bucks down and I won again. And I just kept putting down what I won. I got up to $800. Holy moly. And then I lost all of that and 200 more. <laughs> so lesson learned. I love your optimism. Yeah, that's me. <clears throat> yeah. You get points for honesty. Well, I learned from it though, Linz. Kat and I were on a cruise just a few months ago and I went up to a slot machine. I fired it up, and I won forty-eight dollars. And I walked away, didn't I? Good yeah. For well, you. I mean, you let me have it, and I lost it. That's true. Yeah. But I think that's still a win for you. <laughs> it is. It's, it comes <laughs> off of your debt ledger. <laughs> anyway, this guy named Umar Mirza, in March of 2017, um, he 26 years old, and he lived on William Cook Road, Anston, in the UK. He had a bit of an obsession with online gambling. he uh, It's easy to do, let's be honest. You don't even have to put pants on to lose your money. Right. Now, he worked as a forklift truck driver. Good, honest work, but uh, not a really lucrative profession. And certainly not if you um, have a gambling addiction, uh, which had been going on for him, as it turns out, three to four years. He had, check this out, he had rung up about 22,000 pounds. Oh, my Lord. 22,000 British pounds in debt with one firm of bookies. And this was just over an 11-month period. Then he owned another group, an additional 2,000 pounds. Now... He was on a bad luck roll, and he thought, well, the way I need to fix this is to just get a higher-paying job, not scale back on his 
gambling. <laughs> no. Or his expensive habit. No, no, pay no. Payback no. debts. Just get more money. So he came up with this plan. He was he was going to uh, submit uh, resumes all over town, and he did that. And then he waited, and then nothing happened. So his backup plan was uh, armed robbery. <laughs> and uh, he came up with this plan. He knew... Of this is this is the company was called Patty Power and their logo is or their slogan is we are Patty Power your online shop for sports betting so there was a a branch in Birmingham not far from where he lived he decided that he was going to rob it so at about eight twenty five in the morning on March twenty seventh wearing a hood and a mask. He bursts into the store, wielding his weapon. He has this black gun. He's waving it around. He demands that uh, a female worker open up the safe. He just kind of passed her a note and said, hey, you know, read this. The worker opened the safe and he made her fill uh, a carrier bag with about $21,600 in cash. Also, he wanted all the change. Uh, which came out to about 460 bucks in coins. Wow. And he also took 259 from the cash register. That's quite a haul. I, I don't think I'd go for the change. I mean, seriously, I mean, well, that's I, just going to weigh you down. It's not that much. Except when you said it was 400-something dollars just in change, I thought... Yeah, I think the official amount was $466. But you're right, the, ex, the extra weight is... Um, yeah. So... He flees the scene and, and he leaves the building and he doesn't want to create any uh, suspicion from anyone on the outside. So as soon as he gets outside, he takes off his disguise just as he's leaving the door and uh, he heads home. Not surprisingly, police arrived pretty quickly at the, uh, at the gambling betting location and takes a look at the closed circuit TV footage. <laughs> and... They see him come outside. It's bad enough, right? He comes outside. He immediately takes off his hood. And police get a clear shot of his face. That's bad enough. But then management for the facility recognized Mirza and said, Oh, yeah, he applied for a job here earlier this week. <laughs> so they pull out his... His application. His application with his resume. Uh -huh. The employee said that Mirza was not only a customer, but had called in the shop a number of times early in the morning. But during Mirza's job hunt, he had also applied for a job with Patty Power. He had left his resume containing all the personal details. The police uh, went to his home, recovered a note that said simply, I've got a gun. So they had that. Uh, Open the door and I will blast you. And that's crossed out. Shoot you. That was written on a betting slip. <laughs> oh, but he, Lord. So he thought that that I'll shoot you was better wording than I'll blast you. Yeah, so he just yeah I like that he went out. back yeah. and, cool. and yeah. thought, now what, what has more, more is, is blast too harsh? Maybe I should say shoot. <laughs> you don't want to give the wrong impression in times like these. Right. right. Right, yeah. You want to be more gentle. You attract more flies with honey. So he'd written this on the back of a betting slip. Um, they found an imitation firearm and the bag of stolen money that he had taken uh, in the robbery earlier in the day. Police uncovered the Mirza uh, was also present when another man, Usman Shaman, 29, used the same weapon to try to rob a Paddy Power in, Wash, in the uh, Washwood area at about 7 o'clock on a Saturday night, April 29th. 
On that occasion, a manager activated an alarm which uh, filled the premise with smoke. I didn't know they did that. So the two left empty-handed but bleary-eyed. They were charged with attempted robbery, possession of a firearm, and possession of a bladed article. Both men appeared before the Birmingham magistrates. Showman of Word End Birmingham was sentenced to three years, four months after pleading guilty to attempted robbery, and our hero, Mirza, admitted robbery and was uh, jailed for six years. Wow. It's amazing to me how unbelievably stupid some people are. (laughs) I think that's kind of the point of this podcast. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Praise God for stupid people. That should be our new tagline, shouldn't it, Linz? The shallow end with Schnebly and Toth. We can't believe how stupid some people are. We need to run that uh, past a focus group. (laughs) A casino went into Bangor, Maine uh, years ago, and that was a big deal. It was just slots at the time. And it's a full casino now, but it was just slots at the time. And there was a woman who really enjoyed slots. And she lived in a nearby town and would come in every day. She, I guess she said she enjoyed the camaraderie hmm. of people who went in on a daily basis and played slots. Okay. And she had uh, maxed out her credit cards and racked up like $60,000 in Oh, my debt. gosh. Oh, my gosh. And her husband didn't know until he got the bill. Oof. That's a tense dinner conversation, isn't it? <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. The Shallow End Podcast, we are getting so many emails from all over the place, and we really do appreciate you taking time to reach out to us. Um, we're excited about some of the things we're, we're in the process of developing for The Shallow End, including some merch, and we'll give you details on that as we get a little bit closer to uh, to doing it. But here's a spoiler. It's going to be really cool. We agreed we weren't going to say that. Oh, you're right. Uh, here's a spoiler. It's going to suck. <laughs> we'll see you guys next time. Until then, uh, make good choices. Your life could very well depend on it. So concludes another episode of The Shallow End with Schnebly and Toff. We thank you for listening. Oh, be a dear, would you? Please subscribe to this podcast, give these boys a five-star rating, and think of something nice to say, even if you have to make something up. And visit us online at shallowendpodcast.com. All content copyright 2022. Misuse of this podcast may result in serious injury or even death. Follow all label directions. This offer void in Fort Kent, Maine, and Tucson, Arizona. And parts of Orlando. Don't ask. Just trust us. Okay, gotta go.